This is In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9. Hello there, good evening. Welcome along to In Search City Talks Rugby League Hour every Thursday night between 6 and 7 o'clock with myself, Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. We've got a really busy show tonight. We're going to look at all the fallout from round one of Super League, including that Warrington-St. Helens game. Looking ahead at what's to come in round two and, of course, the World Club Challenge. So between now and seven tonight, we're going to hear from Saints' Jordan Turner. It's a long season. It was a great win to start off with, but... Um, you know, it's a, it's a long season and hopefully we can carry it on. And Nathan Brown, who looks ahead to what's set to be an emotional evening at Langtree Park tomorrow when Hull visits in the Steve Prescott Cup. It's not only a big day for either club, but it's probably a bigger day for the community, isn't it? Because you take the rugby league bit out of it, I think, you know, Steve provided a lot of inspiration for a lot of people. Warrington coach Tony Smith looks forward after the Wolves humbling at the hands of Saints and Mickey Hyam tells us about an unhappy Valentine's Day. What a nice way to start the, the romantic Valentine's weekend because you know, I've lost my missus and I'm not the best when we've, when we've, when we've had a defeat so she's probably had a, a terrible weekend really but not as worse as me. Oh dear, we'll hear from the club currently at the top of the Super League table. Witness Vikings boss Dennis Betts says they're not getting carried away though. It was a really strong performance and we're not stupid enough to think that we're not going to be tested more throughout the next few months when we run into Huddersfield, Salford and Leeds. So we know that the big challenges are yet to come. And we'll get the thoughts of Paddy Flynn too. Of course, we will bring you a full preview of this Saturday's World Club Challenge. Wigan Warriors meet the Sydney Roosters, looking to bring that trophy home for the first time in 20 years. We'll hear from the club there in Australia and get the views of Wigan legend Martin Afire, who was part of that squad that defeated the Brisbane Broncos back in 1994. And while we're in Australia, so to speak, we'll find out the reasons for Sam Burgess's decisions to leave league for Union. You know, a chance to go and play, you know, back in England. I've really missed my home country, um, you know, and with a chance to hopefully represent England uh, in the World Cup in 2015. So all that to come between now and seven. Before we get stuck in, though, let's get a roundup of the rest of round one in Super League 2014 with Nick Smith. Well, the Super League season got into full swing last week and Thursday went off with a bang as St Helens demolished Warrington Wolves 38 points to eight in a game that saw new signing Luke Walsh kick seven goals and score a try on his debut. Friday was a close contest between Hull FC and Catalan Dragons, one that ultimately saw the French side fail to come away with the two points when Thomas Bosk missed a late conversion as it ended 36-34. Bradford Bulls were defeated by Castleford 36 points to 18 on Sunday. Leeds got their campaign up and running with a 34-6 win at Hull KR, while the new-look Salford side began their season with a win, surviving a late fight back by Wakefield to win 18-14. And Widnes scored the most points of the round to go top of the Super League table with a 64-10 route over London Broncos. Kevin Brown got a hat-trick, with new Viking Danny Tickle converting 10 out of 11 goals in his first game for Dennis Betts' side. Thanks, Nick. Well, evening, Mr. Manning. So much to talk about tonight. But first, what about that game last Thursday? What a win for St. Helens. Yeah, good evening, Lauren. Good evening, everybody. Yeah, it was, um, well, it was a very good win. A but very after, good win? Let me finish. But after the start, they had, uh, even you being the most pessimistic St. Helens supporter, must have thought, oh, dear, or oh, worse to that effect. Or were you confident even after they conceded that try within a minute? 
it was a little bit touch and go in those first few minutes. <laughs> I thought, what? And then they just ran away with it. I watched it uh, down at the, the Fly in the Loaf, uh, surrounded by uh, Saints fans on Thursday night. And it was it was an incredible atmosphere, actually. And uh, just the start that um, Nathan Brown would have wanted, but the exact opposite for Tony Smith. I think for, for me watching that, Warrington seemed to be lacking, really missing Lee Breers, actually. Someone to sort of direct them around the field. They were missing that sort of that spearhead point. That's how it seemed to me sort of watching on the, on the sidelines on the telly. Yeah, I mean, the game itself was there and, uh, you know, we talked about, weren't you, what the team sheet was going to be last week, but it uh, came through okay. And uh, so uh, I thought, well, you know what I think about Gary Wheeler? And I thought he uh, stood up to the test really well. He did the right things that you don't see well. And then uh, I've talked about his footwork and uh, the footwork creating that try for James Roby with something else now. The only thing now is got to He's got to build on that. I mean, I feel sorry for Lance Wire as uh, does uh, the head coach, but uh, I really rate um, Gary Wheeler, and he's playing in the position that he should be playing in, whereas other coaches have thought, no, he's not a standoff, he's a centre. He's a standoff. What about Warrington, though? Well, from a Warrington point of view, they must have thought, well, here we go when they get that try, and they had the home crowd behind them. They got all the euphoria 10 years at uh, the Alleywell Jones, but uh, it just didn't happen. But you've got to give credit, I think, as much as anything. Their attack was uh, stopped by Saints' defence. Saints' defence was hungry from the first minute to the 80th minute. You know, at one stage, Warrington were camped on that uh, St. Eldon's line and, and they were superb. And then when they dropped the ball, they were on it. They were on it straight away, weren't they? You know, likes of Gary Wheeler on the back, you know, the ball came loose and they dropped on it and they got the ball back. So that'd be frustrating from a Tony Smith point of view. At the end of the day, it's, it's only game one and uh, it is 27, let's be quite honest. I think it's fantastic product, but it's 27 rounds towards the playoffs. So an opening defeat is not good, especially on your midden, but it's not the end of the world. As for St Helens, though, Luke Walsh, he had an amazing debut. You couldn't ask for more. And we already knew what he was capable of anyway, but still to rack up 15 points on his own, not to mention the part he played in the other tries. Let's hear from him now. He spoke to Sky Sports after the match. Yeah, it was a pretty good performance by everyone, I thought. Um, second half was a little bit scrappy. It was something to, something to work on next week. But for you, I mean, possibly even an experienced player is a bit apprehensive about his debut, especially in a different competition. So that's, that's a pretty good night. Yeah, I enjoy myself. Um, just still getting used to the weather and the conditions of the ground and that, but I thought it was, uh, for my first goal, I thought it was a good performance. There was definitely some, some spite in the, in the Saints tackling tonight, wasn't there? Yeah, our defence was pretty good in the first half. As I said, a bit scrap in the second half, but um, boys dug deep and it's a good win. Luke Walsh speaking there. Well, for Saints coach Nathan Brown, it was a very different state of affairs for him from this time last year when they lost to Huddersfield. Good start to the season, obviously. Very, very different to the start last year. against. I wasn't going to mention that, no. but fair play. Well, when I got asked, how did you, how do you feel? I think the chairman <laughs> said to me on Saturday, how are you going? I said, a hell of a lot better than I was this time last year. So, mm. you know, it's, uh, you know, to play a very good side and, and get a good result was pleasing. Um, you know, I thought the game itself, I thought the first half, you know, we may have been a touch better, but I thought it was a pretty reasonable contest in the first half. And I thought the second half, we both sort of dipped a little bit, but we were probably a little bit better. And so when you're a touch better, sometimes the, the luck goes your way and, you know, things fall into place for you. But, you know, as I said, the first half, I didn't think there was a great deal in the contest. And then as happens early in the year, you know, sides have their, their ups and downs and we both had a bit of a bit of a drop for a period in the second half. And, you know, hopefully... We've done well and we can build on it. That's okay. 
And we will hear from Nathan Brown again a little bit later. There was a lot of hurt on the other side of the fence, though. Warrington Wolves' celebration of 10 years at the Halliwell Jones was the exact opposite of a celebration, actually. And Mickey Heim admits they just didn't really show up. We're way off the mark, you know, for our own standards. You know, it certainly weren't good enough, and obviously the scoreline showed that. But um, no, disappointing. You know, some aspects of our game got out muscled, probably around the middle. And some of our tries are conceded, you know, pretty soft. So, um, no, it was tough to tough to take. You know, it was a long weekend. We weren't pretty watching Monday in the video room, but um, you know, we've we've done the work now and we've tried to put some things right in place. You know, for a for another tough test on Friday. I mean, hypothetically, it was a Saint Valentine's massacre, but it came 24 hours earlier, unfortunately. Well, it did, yeah, yeah. It's um, Warrington Bars must have been into the Valentine's. They must have wanted, <laughs> must have wanted, must have wanted, saved us some money though at weekend because we're all in bad moods. We didn't have to go out anywhere, so. <laughs> But no, you know it weren't, weren't a nice way to start the, the romantic Valentine's weekend because you know I've lost my missus and I'm not the best when we've when we've when we've had a defeat. So she's probably had a, a terrible weekend really, but not as worse as me. So not a very happy Valentine's Day for Mickey. We will hear from him a little bit later as well, looking ahead at tomorrow's game at Leeds and catch up with Tony Smith too. Taking a look at Witness Vikings now, what a sensational way for them to begin their season, destroying London Broncos. All bets are off, Steve. I, I wasn't sure really what to expect from the Broncos because they've had so many changes, because you know, morale has been low and so on. But I think it was probably pretty stupid of me to uh, think they could uh, beat Witness, especially when Witness are at home on the eye pitch and the signings they've made as well. I thought that was rather nice of you last week to decide brave. that. It was brave. Could we call it foolhardy? But yeah. at the bottom line, yeah, we can call it foolhardy. Hands but, up. But at the end of the day, it's uh, <clears throat> Moss 2, Manning 2. Mm. Or should it be Manning 2, Moss 2? Well, Paddy Flynn bagged a try and played a part in the others as well, and he says he couldn't be happier. I'd like to think they had a, a big part in uh, to play in a few of the tries that got on the weekend. You know, plenty of yards made, and uh, could play the balls for the boys to jump on the, on the back of. But uh, yeah, going over one's always nice first game of the season, and uh, we give them uh, a good game, score plenty of tries as a team. So as you can see, we're at the top of the league, and hopefully we'll stay there. I know that's the. Or everybody laughs at that, but at the end of the day, you are top of the league, and I know there's not a, a thought of negativity into what might happen down there. Nobody's even, I mean, Dennis mentioned it talking about Broncos, but at the end of the season, that 54 points could be important, couldn't it? Yeah, of course it could, yeah. Um, you know, the lads are going to take every opportunity they can to score tries, but I think uh, the most important thing that we've been working on the past few years is, is defence. And uh, to only let two tries in is uh, is a bonus for us, and uh, I think we was a little bit filthy at that, to be honest. But uh, you know we'll definitely get tested out against Huddersfield, where it's a totally different kettle of fish, and uh, that'll certainly test our defence out then. And then we can walk away from that game thinking, or oh, with a better idea of whether we've done a good job defensively or not. And what was the feeling in the dressing room after the game? Because beforehand, obviously, you know you've got the game plan, you yeah. know what you've got to do, but coming sixty-four ten. Yeah, well, b- before the game, to be honest, I was feeling a little bit nervous. Confident that you know, we, we could beat London, but nervous because, because it's the first game of the season and you know we've had a tough pre-season, tough uh, few friendlies, and to put that into practice then is, is, is a big deal and there is pressure on you. So that's, I think that's why you know, we was nervous a little bit, but after the game, I think all the lads were really relieved. Confidence has grew again because we know that we can put our practice into, uh, into, into games now. And uh, we're going to continue to, like I said, patch up on whatever mistakes we made and take it into Huddersfield. 
And just finally, looking at Huddersfield, obviously, with what they achieved last year, could that this game, no matter what the result be, see where you are, as it were, for the season as a whole? And that's no disrespect to the Broncos. No, um, I, th- I think, um, I, personally, I keep thinking about when we beat them here t- t- two seasons ago. Um, so, therefore, you know, they are beatable. I don't know, you've got a few different players in here and there, but so have we. And uh, we're, we're twice as good as a, as a team as we were then. So I don't, I don't see why we can't beat them if, if we play to our full potential. Witness Vikings at Paddy Flynn. That win is going to give Witness an incredible momentum lift, I think, especially going into next week's game against Huddersfield. It's actually unfortunate that they're not playing this weekend against Wigan. Well, it is. And uh, obviously Dennis has uh, spoken about that. But at the end of the day, there's a bit of a game going on in uh, Sydney. But uh, it's a fantastic win. He was hoping that they'd put on a performance. Whether he expected 60-odd points or not, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, you can only put what play what's put in front of you. And as Dennis said, they weren't showboating. They were all well-worked tries. It wasn't, you know, gallivanting, throwing the ball away, uh, giving disrespect to the Broncos. So you've got to give them credit where due. And uh, whatever happens, again, just looking at the end of the season, that 54 points could be the difference between eighth spot or ninth spot in the playoffs. It could indeed. Well, we will hear from Dennis Betts a little bit later. He was, of course, part of that squad for Wigan that beat Brisbane back in 1994 in the World Club Challenge. And in fact, we're going to talk about that next on In Touch. In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown. City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to In Search at City Talk 105.9. It's the Rugby League Hour. I'm Laura Moss. Steve Manning joins me too. And it is the weekend of the World Club Challenge. Wigan Warriors face Sydney Roosters in Australia on Saturday morning. Now, it's been 20 years since the Cherry and Whites brought that trophy back home when they defeated Brisbane Broncos 20 points to 14 in front of a crowd of something like 60,000. Now, let's relive some of the commentary highlights of that match now before we look at this weekend. It's Australia's Channel 9 Sports Channel back in 1994. It's been quite a countdown to the kickoff to the sixth playing of the, the World Club Challenge. So sit back and enjoy now. $400,000 winner-take-all, the World Club Challenge of Rugby League. The Australian Premiers and the English Premiers. So 25 metres out now from the, the Broncos line. An opportunity for Wigan. And Sean Edwards puts it high in the air. A good tactic in these conditions. A chance, a try! That's a try for sure. Scored by Dennis Betts. McCallum gives the try. And Wigan get the first points. Oh, magnificent kick from Sean Edwards. But what were the Brisbane players doing milling around waiting for somebody else to catch? You see Edwards on the right-hand side of the ruck. Perfect kick to find space in between Sailor and Willie Kahn. They both let it bounce. And that took some ability from Dennis Betts to get the ball down with the one hand. What about the confidence of the put down? Oh, great start. Wigan, they're finding openings in the Brisbane line. Another... Desperate lunge at the line out there in the far corner from the centre three-quarter Panapa. The whole field to work in now. They come across with Bodica, throwing it back willy-nilly. They go to the back line now, getting Clark involved. This is Mather stepping through. He's got support with Martin Offia. He runs away from Offia and scores himself. Big Mather, six foot seven of him, converted from the second row to the centre. He treated Martin Offia with disdain, looked at him and said, you're joking, this is mine. Sailor across the park, 
O'Neill frozen in desperation. Atchison to play the ball for Wigan. He doesn't have to. It is all over. And the Wigan players rejoice. They have won the trophy back again. For the third time, they take the World Club Championship. 20 points to 14 in front of a crowd of 54,220. Martin O'Fire rejoices. So does the, the reserves bench and the rest of the touring party. Champion club. And that is a Herculean performance. Commentary from Australia's Channel 9 Sports there with Ray Hadley and Peter Sterling from 1994 when Wigan beat the Brisbane Broncos in the World Club Challenge. When you listen back to that, Steve, does it make sort of the, the hairs on the, on the back of your neck stand up? For any Wigan fan, I'm sure it would. Yeah, it does. It's amazing that it is only 20 years. Um, to think I was only 20 then when I watched that game and uh, what a fantastic match. Yeah, right. I was actually watching the highlights of that game last night and uh, the, the fashions of the kits, shall we say, that changed. It's the same with football, actually. When you look back on like World Cup and Euro Cups that have gone past as well, the kits look very dated. How tiny are those shorts? Well, I've not looked that close, Lauren. And... You don't need to look closely. This is a completely impartial comment. I just think kits these days a little bit better. Well, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> it's time to get a very special guest on the line now. City Talk 105.9, the Rugby League show. We're joined on the line now by uh, Wigan legend Martin Offier. He speaks to us now on the phone. Evening, Martin. How, how are you? Oh, not too bad. And how, nice and wet in London. <laughs> nice and wet down in London, yeah. I bet it's not actually too bad up here today. Um, but I'm sure you wish you were on the other side of the world right now with the, the Wigan squad as they're preparing for that game on Saturday. Yes, it's going to be uh, you know, a great occasion. I'll be getting up early with my son to watch the game. I think it's 8.30 a.m. on Sky, um, obviously with the time difference in Australia. And yes, another chance for the Wigan Club to make history. And turning your mind back 20 years there, Martin, what's going to be going through the Wigan squad's mind right now? I mean, preparing for a game like this and, and the hype around it and the atmosphere and just the crowd that's going to be there as well. What do you think they're going to be feeling right now? I think a lot of players have played in big games before, the likes, you know, of Josh Charlie. Uh, you know, he's been in big games before. He's, he's scored fantastic tries in semi-finals, uh, you know, and finals of Challenge Cups. He's played in World Cup semi-finals. So there's a few players that aren't going to be strangers to big games. But I think Sean Wayne will just, you know, he knows it's not another just another game, but he's going to have to keep them as relaxed as possible. Because if they're too uptight, they won't be able to go and play their natural game. I think it's going to have to be fire and brimstones. I think the times that when English teams have done well against Australian sides, it's not been a skill factor. It's been about fire and brimstone. It's been about passion. It's been about heart. And it's been about getting a very good start and being in the game, 20 minutes into the game, being in the game, being in with a chance. And, uh, you know, that's what they're going to have to do. I remember back 20 years ago, and I'm harking back, but uh, we went into the game against the Brisbane Broncos. If I'm honest, not sure, you know, whether we were up to the, the task. All right. There was a bit of fear in, you know, but I think fear is a good thing to go into the big games. With, you know, fear of embarrassment, fear of not being sure if you're up to the task, but, you know, trying to stay relaxed at the same time. You know, it, it, it's a, a funny state, a state of, of, of being relaxed, but also having that edge. And that is because if you've trained hard, you believe in your friends, and basically, you're going to war. You know, you're not going to leave any 
uh, you know, st- stone unturned. And that, that's the, the mentality that the Wigan team has to have if they've got any hope of being successful. Yes, they need the, the, the bounce of the ball to go with them, but you can't even think about that. You know, you've just got to give it your all, as I say. I know it sounds simple, it sounds obvious, but you just got to go out there and give it 100%. And Martin, before you go, can I just get your thoughts, uh, sticking with the Australian side of things, on Sam Burgess announced this week that he is leaving the NRL, he is leaving Lee, crossing codes over to Union uh, and joining Bath. Obviously, you, you yourself have done it. You've represented other players that have done it as well. Um, what do you think would have been some of his motivations? Everyone talks a lot about salary and that kind of things, but, you know, he wants to get into the World Club squad in 2015. What were your thoughts on it when you heard? My thoughts were, you know, it's, it's a fantastic opportunity. I'm sure that it's not something that Sam has probably gone out and coveted. Yes, th- there is a financial factor in there, but I don't think that's what uh, is totally his mind. Obviously, without knowing Sam, you know, I can't really say 100%, but I know from being a rugby player that myself, you know, it's about challenges. He played in Super League. He went to test himself in the NRL. You know, it must have been a big decision for him to make. You know, all his family's out there, his brothers, you know, made history last year. Four brothers playing the same game in the NRL. So it must have been a big decision. But he knows there's a World Cup coming in 2015. And, you know, similar to what um, Jason Robertson did back in 2003, Sam Burgess has, has got that opportunity now, in, you know, with a World Cup year coming up. And wherever he goes, you know, wherever I go now, you know, I was on Splash. <laughs> Only a couple of weeks ago, I've done Strictly. Whatever I do, people still see me as an ambassador for Rugby League. And I think that Sam Burgess, when you've made your name in, in Rugby League, look at what the likes of Sean Edwards have done. Look at what, what the likes of Andy Farrer have done. Yeah. And they're still seen as ambassadors of Rugby League, of a great Wigan era. And I think Sam Burgess will be seen as that wherever he goes as well. There's going to be a lot of people wanting him to necessarily not succeed. But I think, uh, you know, physically... Oh, Martin, I think we may have lost him. He's on the phone speaking to us uh, down in London. Wigan legend Martin Offia took part and played in that uh, World Club Challenge game against the Brisbane Broncos back in 1994, the last time that Wigan Warriors won the World Club Challenge. Let's talk a little bit more about that game now. Uh, Liam Farrell is part of the 19. Sean Wayne has named a very strong squad for the game on Saturday morning, Steve. Uh, they're going to do a late fitness call on Sean O'Loughlin, actually, to see whether he can play. Obviously, he was uh, he was missing a couple of weeks ago. Josh Charnley's back in. He's recovered uh, from his hernia operation. He sat out that Huddersfield defeat as well. The only concern, Martin mentioned it then, is uh, Sam Powell. He won't be playing He's picked up an ankle injury during training. Well, let's hear from Liam Farrell now. He spoke to Sky Sports on the beach. They were training, of course, having a, a good swim, building up some stamina there ahead of the game on Saturday morning. He says it just feels completely different to uh, any other game build-up. I'm quite relaxed before games, but um, this one I've been a bit nervous. Uh, it's been built up to quite a big game for us, so um, getting a bit more nervous as the week goes on, but I'm sure when it comes to game time, all the lads will be buzzing and ready to go for it as well. Yeah, we're in a different part of the world and you know, we're playing against good, good opposition and the best in the NRL, so um, I think it's good to be at your comfort zone as well. It makes us play better and you know, we've, we've got a week in Auckland and we've benefited from it and all the lads have bonded quite well and I think this week we need to focus a bit more on being professional and doing what we can for, to be ready for the game as well. Liam Farrell speaking to Sky Sports from the beach in Sydney. Taking a, a little look at Sydney's form, they had a win over Newcastle Nines um, last week. They've trained with Warrington as well. They've also got Steve McNamara on their coaching squad. But what do you think we're going to see on Saturday? Do you think 
that they're going to know what to expect from Wigan with all those little helping hands. Wigan do seem to be at a distinct advantage, not to mention the fact they're in Australia's, in, in Sydney's backyard. Well, I think it's the back, back's against the wall and I think uh, Sean Wayne will uh, draw the covered wagons in. They go in there as underdogs. Everybody's writing them off. And when you've had a... Uh, help from a little help from your friends for a better expression um you've got that against you as well and i i would never back against wigan as i would never back against any side that are in one of these games and uh, i'm going to stick my neck out and say wigan by seven i think i think wigan Back in Wigan, yeah, I know, shock horror. Wigan by six, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. While we're in Australia, so to speak, anyway, the big news this week, Sam Burgess leaving the Rabitos, or Rabbitos in the autumn for Rugby Union. He signed for Bath. Now, there was a lot of speculation about this last week. There's been some divided opinions on it. He wants to get in Stuart Lancaster's side for next year's World Cup. And he spoke to the Rabbitos club website about his decision. No, it's, been, it's been a very tough Tough decision. It's been a, a tough time. You know, he's uh, had a lot of pressure on on me. Uh, obviously, I've been uh, restricted to talking about it until now, uh, which has been, you know, obviously tough. As you know, once the rumours spread, first thing I want to do is let the members know, uh, let my teammates know, you know, friends and family know as well. Um, so that that's been tough. Um, you know, and decision itself to, to move on and uh, move away from from South Sydney is tough. Uh, but you know, a chance to go and play, you know, back in England. I've really missed my home country, um, you know, and with a chance to hopefully represent England uh, in the World Cup in 2015. Sam Burgess there. So, Steve, uh, very quickly before we take another short break, big blow for rugby league. I mean, Martin said he still has the the potential. Will still go down as a legend for league. But do you think we've sort of said goodbye to him like we have done with the likes of uh, Joel Tompkins, Kyle Eastman, and so on? I think it's a blow, but it's also a compliment to the game, isn't it? He started his career over in this country. He went to a greater raps over in uh, South Sydney, and now he's going over to uh, play Union. With the, being quite honest, he wants to try and get in that World Cup squad. If he does, I don't know what position he'll play, but it's a three-year contract. He's still young enough to come back to the greatest game in the world. And uh, with Union as well, Sonny Bill Williams, no surprise there, announced last night he's returning to Rugby Union next year after signing a two-year contract with the Wakaito Chiefs. But that's all we've got time for tonight on In Touch. Thanks for joining us tonight. Join us again next week when we take a look back on that World Club Challenge. It's taking place Saturday morning, Wigan Warriors against Sydney Roosters. And, of course, we'll look ahead to round three as well. Go Wigan. In Touch. In Touch. On City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to In Touch on City Talk 105.9. I'm Lauren Moss. Steve Manning joins me too. And before the break, we chatted to Martin Offia about the World Club Challenge this coming Saturday between Wigan and Sydney. Now, Martin was part of the squad that beat Brisbane 20 years ago, back in 1994. And another member of that side was Dennis Betts. So turning our attention to Super League, he saw his witness side storm to the top of the table on Sunday with a win over London Broncos. But he insists they're not getting carried away. It was a really strong performance, and I say we're not we're not stupid enough to think that we're not going to be tested more um, in terms of our defensive efforts and and our, our ability to to attack throughout the next few months when we run into Huddersfield, Salford, and Leeds. So we know that the big challenges are yet to come. But it was um, it's a good start for us. Like I say, it's a confident start, and in those first rounds, you've always got to you've got to find some rhythm to your team and you've got to, be, you've got to build up some 
some connections within the within the group, and I think we we did that really well. And, and to score as many points as we did was a real good good standard. Frustrated must be frustrated. You've no game next weekend, but obviously from a Wigan point of view, there's a bigger fish to try and catch at the weekend. Oh, it will. Yeah. I'm looking forward to watching the game. I'm looking forward to supporting Wigan in the pursuit of um, being World Club Challenge um, winners again. You were involved in the last one over there, and uh, just uh, tripped over for a try. I just tripped over for a try. Yeah, I just added um, added to the <laughs> to the enjoyment of my time when I was playing at Wigan. That was what you could call Mission Impossible One because everybody, you know, everything was going against them. That can Wigan make it Mission Impossible Two this coming Saturday? <laughs> I think yeah, you, it's a great, nice spin. Gives it a gives it a good feel to it. I think so. Say everybody, I think don't think everybody in England thought that we couldn't go over as in '94 and win. I think all the all the, the negative stuff came out of um, how strong the Australian game was and going to Australia. Say we'd finished our season, we were a little bit fatigued. We'd had our we'd had our big wins in the Premiership finals, and we'd had our big wins in in Challenge Cups, and done really well in the league. And we'd finished the season, and then we'd had a lot of games, and was, we'd, we'd lost some players at the end of the season. So all those things that we're going to go through now as well, um, we went through in a different in a different way. And they were they were in pre-season; they'd had a good start to the year. And they were ready to go. They played a couple of rounds in the in the Premiership, and we were on fire. And we went over there, and we um, we shocked them a little bit with how how ferocious and how tenacious we were in our approach to the game. Witness next in action against Huddersfield next week because, of course, it's postponed the Wigan match as Wigan are in Australia. Good for Salford, Steve. Got their campaign up and running at the weekend as well. Well, good for Brian Noble anyway. I don't. I, I dread to think what uh, would have happened if uh, Salford had lost their, their first game of the season against Wakefield. Well, it was a game of two hours, wasn't it? Eighteen nil up, and then they gave away a few early tries. And uh, I think it was about concentration, really, wasn't it? They, you saw what they could do in the first half. We know they've got the marquee signings. We know they've got the quality in the squad. But second half, a little bit shaky. Brian Noble was very disappointed with that. You would hate to think that they thought at half-time that the job was done, but they didn't get any ball early in that third quarter and uh, they ended up hanging on by all all accounts. They were very fortunate to hang on, but uh, a win's a win. And you've got to say, the crowd that they got, I mean, the the game was delayed uh, so that they couldn't get everybody in. So getting over 7,000, your opening game is a very good positive for what uh, Marvin Kukash wants to build at the AJ Bell. Especially after Kukash was saying, you know, that you know the fans weren't getting mm. behind and he really wanted them. He's invested all this time and this money in the club and he wants the fans to reciprocate a bit of gratitude for that as well. So maybe that is what we're going to see. Salford heading down to London this weekend. They're going to be the first side to play uh, in Barnet at the Hive, the first Super League side at London's new ground. Travelling army for Salford, perhaps? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I would expect that the team will be buzzing and they'll come away with the spoils. Yeah, I think they, I think you're probably right there. I'm not back in London this time round, Steve. Let's turn our attention back to St Helens now. <laughs> it's going to be an emotional night at Langtree Park tomorrow for the Steve Prescott Cup. Now, Steve, uh, a legend of both St Helens and Hull FC, who they face tomorrow, passed away in November after a long battle with cancer and he raised thousands of pounds for charity a real true inspiration in the sport and in so many other things as well. And the bridge is also being named after him tomorrow afternoon, the Linkway Bridge that links Langtree Park to the town centre. And Saints coach Nathan Brown says it is 80 minutes of rugby, but it means more for the community and both St Helens and Hull. At the end of the day, the players have got a job to do and uh, 
you know, their job is to go out there and play well regardless of the occasion. I think what the occasion is, I think it's uh, you know, it's not only a big day for either club, but it's probably a bigger day for the community, isn't it? Because you take the rugby league bit out of it, I think you know, Steve provided a lot of inspiration for a lot of people uh, in the town, more so than just the team or, or, or St Helens Rugby League. You know, I think you know what Steve achieved after getting bad news and and what he did for that next seven or eight year period was, you know, I think he created a lot of hope for a lot of people, not only in the town of St Helens but in across England. You know, when you when you read about Steve and see what he did, I think I think what he what hope and inspiration or what hope he created for people and the inspiration he showed, I think probably encouraged a lot of people to do a lot of good things. So I think you take the rugby league away from it and then you also look at, you know, Steve's family are going to be there as well, aren't they? And I think at the end of the day, I know Steve played for both clubs, but I'd be pretty confident that uh, St Helens is where his heart is. The club have done it well and both clubs have done it well and they've bought into it what it's all about, haven't they? You know, the stature of the man that you've just uh, paid a glowing tribute to. Look, I think you know one thing rugby league in general does is is when something's down, people try to try to help, you know. And I think in this case, I think Steve was down, and I think Steve helped everyone else, wasn't he? You know, it was, was you know, it's, a, it's quite a remarkable thing what Steve did, and and you know, I don't think you know it'll be a long time before it's forgotten what he did for the did for the whole town and what he and what inspiration he gave for people, you know. And I mean, at his funeral, seeing his uh, his son speak was quite inspirational you know it's obviously something that his young bloke had obviously been prepared for for a period of time to be able to get up there and do that so calm at such a young age probably come from within his father the inspiration that he's his dad give to everyone he probably give to his son as well because I couldn't imagine me being able to speak that well at my own father's funeral mm. my own father I'm obviously a lot older than Steve's son and my dad's a lot older than what Steve was you know so that's obviously the effect that Steve had had and what what is I suppose his family have been prepared for for a long period of time and, and I hope that they enjoy they enjoy Friday night more than anyone. Saints coach Nathan Brown, uh, Paul Clough has uh, left Saints temporarily. He's joined Witness Vikings on loan this week for this season as well. Now let's hear from Jordan Turner. He of course played for Hull FC before signing for Saints last year, and he played a big part in the win last Thursday over Warrington. But he says what he was most impressed with was how they kept the Wolves out mostly. We pride ourselves on our defence. You know, we managed to put quite a few points on, but. One of the main things that we pride ourselves on is our defence. And as I said before, it's, it's a long season. It was a great win to start off with, but um, you know, it's a, it's a long season, and hopefully we can carry it on. So you've got you've got this uh, game this uh, coming uh, Friday, the first leg of the uh, Steve Prescott Cup against All FC. Should be a cracking game if we take about take away obviously what's behind it as well. Yeah, yeah, it should. You, you can't really take away what's behind it, you know, because Steve was obviously a massive legend. You know what I'm trying to say, though? Yeah, a massive leg- legend of both clubs, and I'm sure that both teams, you know, will, um, will, will try their hearts out for for his cause. Um, but, you know, at the other end of the scale, there is two points on the line to be won, and that's our main thing. We take it week by week, and, you know, we want the two points. Jordan Turner, so St Helens host Hull FC tomorrow. Already 14,000 expected for that match at Langtree, the first leg of the Steve Prescott Cup. Also tomorrow, it's Warrington versus Leeds at Headingley, or Headingley Carnegie, as it's now called. It's certainly not getting any easier for Tony Smith. 
Team news there. Tony Smith set to hand to Anthony England his debut at Leeds. Uh, Chris Riley's being uh, taken out of the squad, actually. And uh, Gene Ormsby is going to get his debut for Warrington as well. He signed from Featherstone in the closed season too. Uh, Glenn Riley won't play. He damaged his, uh, his knee ligaments in the defeat to St. Helens. Well, Tony Smith says last week was very disappointing, but they can't look back on that now and can only look ahead to the trip to his former club. Yeah, um, not the, the brightest of starts for us. We weren't too far off it. Uh last week but uh, yeah I, I could have done with turning out to your show as well Steve uh, <laughs> uh, it wasn't it wasn't the way that we would have liked to have started the season but um, you know all credit to Saints they, they played better than us they did some little things very well and their kicking game was terrific and it showed the importance of having a good kicking game at this time of the year when the weather's a bit you know dodgy still where uh, open and expensive rugby league isn't really the, the order of the day so yeah, we need to take some lessons from that. Um, and uh, I thought Saints, you know, were slightly better than us in the first half with a, and managed to get a good uh, score advantage over us in the first half. And that applied pressure for the second half and, and totally outplayed us in the second half. So all credit to Saints. And, um, you know, we'll lick our wounds and, and hopefully bounce back with a strong performance this week. So you've had a lot to work on, obviously, this week leading up to, which you've alluded to at the beginning, uh, the game at England. But what have you got up to, to do to beat them? Just try and minimise, cut down? Yeah, cut down some of the the mistakes. But, you know, kicking game is so crucial at this stage. Uh, and, uh, you know, we weren't, we weren't great at that last week. Field position and, you know, that sort of pressure is... is uh, yeah, paramount really at the moment um, until the conditions improve and the sort of time of year where you can play a bit more expensive. I know uh, Leeds will try to play expensive rugby league as well. So um, yeah, both teams I think will be getting trying to get into some bit of an arm wrestle. But um, you know, it's whoever can do that well uh, this week will probably come away with the with the, the spoils. Warrington coach Tony Smith. Well, let's finally hear now again from Mickey Hyam. He says it's the perfect opportunity for Warrington to get back out there after that crushing defeat last Thursday. You know what? What game to bounce back in? You know, after a disappointing open day, you know, to go to Leeds and put in a performance there, that'd be a real, you know, good way to to bounce back. But you know, it's it's going to be a tough test. They had a great win at Ulkia. They, they look strong all across the park, and it's their first home game this season, so they're going to be. You know, revved up in front of their own crowd. You know, massive crowd there at Leeds. Good atmosphere, so it's um, should be a great game. And you know, I think Tony's. You know, one thing with Tony, you know, the results will happen. You know, you win, lose, or whatever. But Tony's all about performance. You know, and he knew that performance the previous against Saints weren't good enough, and he'll be looking for, you know, a good performance this week. And you know, so will we. And you've got uh, the hard battle. You're battling at the front row because if you get the momentum, that gives the uh, the backs a chance to shine. Of course it does, yeah, and it's something we were disappointed last week. Our forwards, I thought, um, as a group of forwards that we pride ourselves on, you know, being tough to beat in the middle, we got pretty dominated in the middle. You know, Amo, Manu, you know, the other one, Soliola, you know, the big um, Wormsley, and then Robic off the back of them. You know, it caused some big problems at the weekend, and obviously Leeds will be looking at that. But again, we've we've had two tough days of training. You know, we've really put the effort in the big boys on the mats and on the field and that to get it right. And you know, I'm sure we'll um, we'll bounce back and. You know, certainly our pack will hopefully lay that foundation for our, for our, you know, our fancy men out wide to, to make them look good. But uh, no, it's we know we, we know we, we know what we've got to do, and I think it's an attitude thing as well. You know, it's a big one for us. We come with the right attitude that we want to, you know, to defend well, kick well, play well, attack well. We'll, you know, hopefully we'll we'll not be far off. 
you you touched on it. I, I, I'll bring it up now. You mentioned the Pretty Boys. I believe you've uh, been smoozing with uh, one of the Gallagher's, uh, the Sky Blues, which is a bit surreal being a Liverpool fan. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. He wasn't um, ticket weren't paid for. I won't go pay for Manchester City, but um, no, opportunity. Few of the boys got opportunity to go and watch you in Man City and Barcelona last night. So I just thought certainly to come watch Barcelona play over here. You know, I didn't want to knock that one back, and then some bloke from Oasis. I think you know, Gally was marvelling me for a photo. So um, I said, had a photo done with him. I think he was. I think it made his night, but no, me and Matty, me and Matty Russell, we were like two little, two little giddy kids at like a concert, you know, we, we, we know Gallagher, so I, I plucked up the courage to have a photo like and managed, you know, he, he was kind enough to have a photo, whether he remembers it, I don't know, but um, no, I'll certainly, I'll certainly treasure that one. Mickey Hyam telling Steve about his, uh, his love for football there, Liverpool, but went to see Man City, Barcelona nonetheless. Yeah, I've got to agree with you. When somebody says, do you want to go and watch that game in a box? It's somewhere where you want to be. Unfortunately for City, it didn't work out, did it? No, it didn't. Uh, tonight, uh, Bradford at Wakefield. You thinking this could be a bit of a relegation battle come the end of the season, Steve? I think it is, and I think that Wakefield, uh, with having got Jarrah's Summit from there, uh, I think they'll have that edge. The, the problem we've got with the relegation battle is Bradford have gone into administration again. And uh, they're going to have to be deducted some points, whether it's two, four, or six, or whatever. I don't know. I think they'll get deducted four, but then they've got to win two games to catch up with the rest. Just to so it's, break even, yeah. So it's a big game for, for Wakefield to set a marker and uh, demolish their hopes because Bradford had a, had a great start at the beginning against Castleford, but fell away in that second half. And I spoke to somebody who went and he said after an hour, they were gone. Mm. Well, score predictions, uh, not for that one, <clears> but uh, score predictions for Warrington at Leeds tomorrow night. Well, everybody will be thinking the Rhinos and you've got to stick your neck out on this show. Also, I'm going to go for the Wolves by 10. See, this is no good. We're just going to be agreeing on everything. I'm going to say Warrington by uh, 8, I think. Ooh. Oh, well, all right. Then I'll go for Leeds. <laughs> uh, and uh, St. Helens Hull tomorrow. I'm going to be backing the Saints on that one. Well, I hate, well. To be, I hate to be boring, but I've got to, got to agree with you where they've started off. I know they Hull did them last year, but I think Saints will win by 16. Thanks, Steve. Well, that's all we've got time for tonight on In Touch. Thanks for joining us tonight. Join us again next week when we take a look back on that World Club Challenge. It's taking place Saturday morning, Wigan Warriors against Sydney Roosters. And, of course, we'll look ahead to round three as well. Go, Wigan. This is In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9.